Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you for listening in to our live broadcast today. If you have any prayer requests, testimonies, or questions, feel free to contact us at any of the social media uh, programs you're using to watch this, or you can contact us uh, at the contact information that just came up there on the screen through our website, email, or give us a phone call or text. So we're going to continue speaking about church order and conduct, part three. And this time we're starting off with dating and courtship. As I mentioned before, we're going to be looking more at the conduct aspect of it. And so dating and courtship, um, you look at this and there are five stages of a relationship. Acquaintance, friendship, courtship, engagement, and marriage. We'll start with this quote from Brother Branham, 1961, Questions and Answers. Is it all right for Christian men and women to kiss one another on greeting? No, sir, no, indeedy, no, sir. You kiss one woman, brother, that's your wife or your child. Let me... Uh, no, sir. No, indeedy. Don't you never get that started with that? You keep away from women. Shun away from them. Exactly right. Now there are sisters, but don't. That thing got over in Pentecost, and it's called free love. When you get anything like that, you stay away from it. I don't care how clean you are. You're my brother. I believe you might be a good, sanctified, holy man. I don't care how holy you are. You're still a man. And I don't care how holy she is. She's still a woman. Stay away from it till you're married. You just do that. Amen. So dating and courtship, a relationship with the opposite sex is not something to take lightly. Dating one person, then another, and then another, and back to the first one should not be the lifestyle of a Christian. There's a consistency, there's a purpose. When you get involved in a relationship, you're not just to have fun, to use that person. The purpose is to get to know them, to, to marry them. So dating, uh, every relationship with a woman should be taken deadly seriously. Start from here, 1 Thessalonians 5.22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Even the appearance of evil we should shun. So we're not going into the same house with them. We're not putting ourselves in compromising situations and circumstances where through the heat of the moment uh, an act could happen that would impact the rest of both of your lives. Don't be, don't be alone in the room with the person of the opposite sex that you're not related to. So it starts with courtship. And when you go from being friends to the place where you desire to get to know this person better, this should be based upon prayer and the leadership of God, not lust. First Thessalonians 4, 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. During this time of courtship, you get to know each other better to see if you want to become engaged. And pray, 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 pray for the will of God and the mind of God in this situation. You take During courtship, you take the time to get to know each other. You spend time with each other along with your family and friends, their family. Spend time together in church groups and fellowship. Spend time together in public, 
coffee shops, restaurants, parks. Pray together over the will of God for your relationship, but not in private. Taking every step with deepness of sincerity and honor for each other. Courtship is defined as praying for discernment for the will of God and getting to know each other and your families better. After you've gone through courtship and you've decided this is the one, then you make a life commitment and you get engaged. Prospective husbands should approach the father of the prospective wife and ask for her hand in marriage. During this time, they should guard themselves and their hearts. There must be clear boundaries to not cross during this time. Matthew 1, verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. So he was a, they were engaged, and God, or the angel of God refers to Mary as his wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So you're committed, when you get engaged, you're committed to each other for life. That's your commitment to each other. Engagement means you will be married. No such thing as we're engaged and unengaged, then I'm engaged to another person, and then it's not a Hallmark movie. <laughs> the Bible is not a Hallmark movie. The, the Bible is you're engaged to one woman, that's your mate for life. When you get engaged, that's your word, and you stick with your word. God looks upon you and considers you as married. So you're committed to each other, but you're not married. You avoid kissing, hugging, and any time being alone in a room. If, you're against the, if you go against the word of God, you'll answer for it and be judged by it. It shows your heart is wrong if you'll go against the word of God and engage in hugging, kissing, petting, anything sexual before marriage. <clears throat> God doesn't want that. Okay, so then let's, let's go, into, go from there. Um, into looking at television. This is uh, Brother Branham. This is a question and answers from 19, 1959. Brother Branham, I think television is a curse to the world. What do you think about it? Well, ever who wrote it, I'm going to agree with you. They have made it a curse to the world. It could be a blessing to the world, but they've made it a curse. Anything like that, my dear people, is what you look at yourself. If television is a curse, then the newspaper is a curse, then the radio is a curse, and many times the telephone is, see? See, it's what you make out of it. But being that the brother said the other night that there's hardly any programs on, on the television anymore, that's too much money. A poor preacher that preaches the full gospel can't afford a program on the television. Brother said the other night, I believe somewhere, dust off your radio, bring it back out of the corner and listen to them programs. That's right. Thankfully now, um, though they're not... Uh, wonderful programming. There's some good pro Christian uh, uh, television shows. There's uh, stations. There's TBN and, and CBN. Of course, there's a lot of denominational and false doctrine on it, but there's Christian programming that's available um, that you can, you can see yourself. And, and uh, even there's local programming around the world where Christians can put their television shows on there and you can find it. But even beyond that, if you think about the concept of television, you're watching television right now <laughs> on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. You're watching me. 
that's the same concept of television. It's just a different medium that it's delivered on. And so it depends on what you use it for. You can use your computer to watch pornography. You can use your computer to watch uh, the news and get yourself stressed out. You can use your computer to uh, watch filthy movies, or you can use a computer to listen to Brother Branham's messages, study the Bible, study the message. You can listen to it, uh, use it to watch uh, services. You can use it to listen to godly music. Depends on what you use it for. Uh, the same goes with your telephone. Same thing applies here. You can use it for good or you can use it for evil. As a Christian, you know what to do. <laughs> You, have, you need to be careful about what you use it for. So then, um, in God's Power to Transform, 1965, Brother Branham says, pardon this expression, if anybody's feelings is hurt by this, I don't mean it. A couple of Sundays ago, I was invited by my own daughter to come into a television set and watch a religious singing. It's that Sunday morning. Wanted to hear Oral Roberts on his program. I told him to let me know. Said, you hear this? This is a great hymn sing. My son standing there told me about it. Went from a woman that has television in her house. I never, I rent from a woman who has television in her house. I never intend to have one in my house. No, sir, I don't want that thing in my house. I'd blow it out with a shotgun. Don't want nothing to do with that evil thing. No, sir. Let me tell you about Arizonians here. You've seen that analysis the other day, you didn't, didn't you? 80% of the children in Arizona schools are suffering with mental deficiency. 67% of them was by looking at television. You'd better use your shotgun. See, now don't let the devil spray you with that. No, sir. No, now, people, as I said, people act like they don't have to come to judgment. These boys and girls, they had some Indian family and a whole lot of stuff. I think a fellow named Mr. Poole is the head of it. And if I ever seen a modern mockery of hymns, it was the way they handled it. A bunch of rickies standing there shaking their hands up and down. So what does Brother Branham said? One, side, one time he says it depends on what you use it for. Another time he says get rid of it. It's evil. It's, it's terrible. Again, it goes back to what you use it for. Brother Branham didn't want to have it in his home because he didn't want the impact of what was on it on his family. And I think that's absolutely wonderful. Um, and that's wise. Um, however, if you do have a television in your home, you have to be the monitor of it, not your children. Your children don't run it. You are monitoring what's being watched, how, how much is being watched, and you're in control of it as a parent, and you don't allow it to become the uh, the place of worship, the place of feeding. Um, you don't allow liberal um, the liberal agenda to be penetrating into the hearts of your kids. There's there's lots of wonderful Christian programs and cartoons and things on that are not. Uh, offensive and, and unscriptural, but things that are a blessing to your children and teach them the Word of God, that's fine. But if you're going to put them on PBS and just let them watch any old show and they're pushing the homosexual liberal agenda, that's blow it out with a shotgun. <laughs> All right, another, another thing that we don't talk about a lot but that's important is gossip. Uh, Leviticus 19, 16 through 18 says this, Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people, neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. 
Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Proverbs 11.3, A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. Proverbs 18.8, The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Where no uh, Proverbs 26.20, Where no wood is, the, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. Proverbs 26.22, The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. God does not put a positive spin on gossip. If you have something against someone, you're to, the Bible shows that you're to confront them directly. You're supposed to speak to them about it. If, if you don't have anything nice to say, as Mama would say, uh, then don't say anything at all. If you, if you feel a frustration towards someone, you need to go to prayer first. Prayer for that person, but prayer for your attitude. And then after that, if God wants you to speak to that person, then you speak to them, not about other people. Matthew, 20, 12, uh, Matthew 12, uh, 36 through 37. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. We have to be careful what we speak about and what we say. In the, in the sermon, The Church in Its Condition, 1956, but you see the reason we, we, he couldn't abide. You was a lamb then, but when you become a wolf, he had to take his flight. Nothing wrong with the dove, it's you. And you let that spirit come to you. Did I let it, Brother Branham? Yes. When you went listening to that gossip, when you listened to that white, that lie, when you went to saying, well, I got a right to, you haven't got no right. You are bought with a price. That was the price of the precious blood of the Son of God. You have no legal right. Hallelujah. The only rights you have is come to the fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins. When sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stains. Yes, sir, that's the only right you have is a surrendered self-will to God, and then God does the leading from there on. We need to get rid of that gossip out of our lives and out of our mouths. Um, goes without saying, homosexuality is a sin. Leviticus 18.22, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Leviticus 20, verse 13, If a man also lie with mankind, as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. You can also read Romans 1, 18 through 32, which speaks about the issue of homosexuality as well. Uh, drinking and smoking, I'm just going to cover that briefly. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're not to defile the temple of the Holy Ghost. And therefore... Smoking, cigarettes, marijuana, all these things are against the Word of God. It shouldn't be named among a Christian. Proverbs 20, verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. With that said, let's bring this uh, to a close. We appreciate you listening in. If you have questions, comments, or testimonies please let us know you can contact us at the contact information below or you can also do that on any of the social media platforms that you're listening through so once again may the lord richly bless you